Oh, this means being recorded, Sid. Do you see that? So I heard that. So what's up with that? I don't know. You should just count okay. it in. Three, two, one. Welcome in Husker Extra Podcast. This meeting is being recorded, Sipple. Yeah, I didn't cuss, did I? Did I say anything? Did I say curse no, I, words? I would have unrecorded if that would have happened. <laughs> that that count in, that was for John up in Minnesota, who sent me a very nice email a couple weeks ago about how he regularly listens to our podcast and he gets a kick out of you counting it in every time. So I told him that was just our high tech production outfit at work. <laughs> did you uh did you plant that thing that would pop in? I didn't. I didn't I didn't actually know try that. To would waylay me? What? No, I was on a Zoom call the other day and I and that that happened. So I don't know if that's a new feature. Maybe uh maybe too many people had been getting um Julio oh. Jones, where it was recording and they didn't know it, didn't know they were on live. TV. What happened to Julio Jones? Oh, you didn't see that? No. He was, oh, who was it? Not See, now I'm not going to remember the play. It was one of those former uh, NFL players that's on on TV, I think on Fox Sports. Who, who would that be, like a former wide receiver who's on Fox Sports? I don't know. Brady Quinn's on there, but he's not a wide receiver. Um, he played quarterback. Yeah, I don't know who the wide receiver would be. I can't remember who it was, but anyways, he was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this Julio Jones trade rumor. So he called up Julio on his cell phone and asked Julio if he was going to go to the Cowboys and Julio said, no, I'm out of here. No, but I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Like I want out of Atlanta. And the guy didn't tell him he was on live TV until the end of the call. Yeah. So Julio just like, was like, yeah, I'm out of here. Oh, yeah. That's Didn't where I realized that he was speaking to a live television audience on Fox Sports. Well, he got kind of ambushed then. Yeah, he sure did. He got ambushed. Was that Reggie? Bu- well, that, that wouldn't be Reggie Bush, would it? No, no, it wasn't Reggie Bush. It was some, I don't, I'll have to look here. I, I bet if I Google Julio Jones, it'll come right. Yeah, this is a podcast. It's free flowing. Yeah, We're going to talk about, we'll talk about when we get after Parker looks this up, we'll talk about June recruiting. We'll talk about Nebraska's baseball team and it's June ahead. I'm wondering now, I, the more and more I wonder if it is, if it could be in a kind of an extensive June. Yep. Um, and we'll talk about what else? Well, we might, we might talk about that over under total that DraftKings put out for Nebraska at six, which is an interesting number. Shannon uh, Sharp. You might've heard of him. That's who it was. Tight end. Oh, Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Shannon Sharp should know better than to do that. Or was that what he, was that, is that what he was trying to do? And I mean, he, he must have known. Wow. That's dirty pool. Oh, isn't it? I don't. If, if you call somebody up and I think and so, know, but then again, I'm probably, yeah, I mean, that's what I think. But I mean, that would be bad if you called me up and I didn't know we were, we were taping and I just started talking about like, uh, you know, God only knows what, you know, mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that would not, that would, yeah, that would be. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So anyway, we know we're, re- we're recording right now, Parker. We are recording. Yes. That, that was an interesting way for this, uh, this to start. Baz will be back next week. He's on vacation this week. Um, Sybil, are you going to be on vacation next week? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right. So the whole crew will be back next week. We're going to talk some hoops recruiting next week because it's going to be just like it's going to be for Nebraska football. It's going to be a busy recruiting uh, month for Nebraska basketball to Fred Hoiberg, Matt Abdel-Massey and the crew um, and their newest um, 
a recruiting coordinator, Shannon Loom, who's taking over that job this summer, newly created job. Um, they got a busy summer ahead. But right now, uh, we'll, we're going to stick mostly to football on that front until um, Baz is back next week. But yeah, simple. It's shaping up to be Ryan held during spring ball called it. A mar- it's going to be a marathon. And it is. I mean, it's uh, June one will be the end of a dead period due to the pandemic that lasted 444 days. So that's how long it's been um, since coaches were allowed to have any in-person contact with players. Uh, Nebraska is going to, that we know of so far, confirmed eight official visitors next weekend rolling into town just about a week. Whoa, 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 really? Eight officials already? Already Mm -hmm. you know that that are coming in? Yep. Yeah, I can. uh, Well, let's see. Hang on. I got a spreadsheet right here. I can run them down for you. Well, you're looking that. I'll I'll say one thing about June and held saying it's going to be a marathon. It'll be a fast marathon. You better be a Kenyan. I mean, you don't want this to be like uh, me or you running a marathon. Nebraska's got to Nebraska's got to work fast. Yeah. Uh, um, they only got two verbal commitments, which is not that's not the number you want coming out of June. I'll tell you that. Right. Um, probably want more like eight coming out of June. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking about this on the radio earlier this week. I think on the recruiting hour, which is on the radio station. the ticket and the ticketfm.com. You may have heard of it, Sipple. Yeah, I've heard Uh, of it. Congratulations on hitting the five-year mark, by the way, on your your show. Wow, well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. You've been a big help. You've been a big part of that. You you were merely in your 40s when the radio show started. (laughs) Now here you are continuing on. We don't have to do that. But thank you. I could, yeah, you know, a compliment compliment has to be followed by some disparagement. Um, but yeah, it's good. the thing that's interesting about what you say about eight, eight commits or something coming out of June. I agree with you. It, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that plays out, though, because kids have waited for so long to be able to go to campuses now that I think there's some individual situations like Richard Torres, for example, quarterback. He's one of the eight coming to campus next weekend from San Antonio. Like, Richard Torres is a, is a guy who might take one visit or two visits or whatever and say, okay, there's not that many quarterback spots left. Um, I need to make a decision here quickly. Um, you know, they got a guy like Landon Sampson, wide receiver from Texas coming to campus who was just here a month ago. Maybe, I don't know where exactly Landon is in his recruitment, but you know, some guys have gotten out and seen some places, but I also think that there's going to be players who they've waited this long to go out and see campuses. So they want to take all their visits. Which yeah. It might mean that, especially for the guys you've got coming to campus right away at the beginning of the month, I don't know. I mean, those guys might be in a rush to make their decision, and it also might not happen right away because they've got visits stacked up for the rest of the month, too. So it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Here's the eight that Nebraska's got. Chase Androff, a tight end from Minnesota. Ashton Craig, an offensive lineman from Indiana. Uh, Nico DeVillier, who's a defensive lineman from Arkansas. Jalen Marshall, defensive lineman from Kansas City area, St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, Gavin Myers, a linebacker from Hayes, Kansas. Uh, Landon Sampson, we talked about, receiver from your a school that you know right where it's at, South Lake Carroll in Texas. Uh, Richard Torres from San Antonio. And uh, Justin, Justin Williams, who's a running back from Dallas, Georgia, not Dallas, Texas. Okay. So there you, know, you go. So far. But it's going to, you know, it could change – in the next two days, it could change next week. There might be more than that. One of those guys might not be coming. It's 
it's you sort of after such a long break, you get back into the reality of like your recruiting list at the moment is a recruiting list at the moment, subject to change, obviously. So it's a really interesting time. I hope people understand that. I mean, one of the interesting aspects of it to me is this idea that there'll be players filtering through Memorial Stadium prospects, literally working out for coaches, which is an interesting picture. I mean, in, in the month of June, if you happened upon Memorial Stadium for any reason, be it a tour or some sort of thing for your corporation, you might look down in a field and see an, in, an individual working out for a Nebraska coach or coaches. Um, that's the sort of thing that, I mean, that hasn't happened for a long time now. Um, yeah. So that, that, that there's going to be a lot of that, it sounds like. Yeah, and it's never, I don't, There. this is a new rule that the NCAA sort of greenlighted because of the pandemic where you can work out individually. Of course, we've always had camps where guys could come out and, you know, be evaluated through June. And May has always been the month where college coaches go out on the road and evaluate kids during spring practice and all that. But it's interesting that kids can come to Lincoln and go through a workout uh, with the coaching staff or go to any college in the country. I literally, not to just tell you the, in all of what my Sunday story is about, but I just finished writing it. And I talked to Vince uh, Genitone, who's sort of a, he's got one FBS offer. He's out in um, North Platte and uh, turned some heads with a track time this year. He's a state champion wrestler, good athlete all around. He's, this, he told me this is his June schedule. The, workouts for coaching staffs um, and unofficial visits. June 6th, Cal. June 11th, Nebraska. June 14th, Boise State. June 19th, Washington State. June 22nd, Wyoming. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. It's exciting. And it's a lot. It's not just the coaches that are going to be really busy. It's kids too, you know, Uh, and subsequently reporters that cover recruitment. So uh, it's it's set to be a busy month. Um, Nebraska's got Camps, two Friday Night Lights camps, June 8th and or June 4th and June 18th. Um, they're doing, they have at least two, I think three or more official visitors for um, all, each of the four weeks uh, already that we know about. Um, June 19th is a Saturday. They're, they're reviving their big uh, recruiting barbecue event um, that they had for the first time in 2019. Obviously didn't have one last year because of the pandemic, but yeah, it's a, it's a busy month. Uh, at Memorial Stadium, and it's going to be very interesting uh, to see I'm, what happens. I like this. I'm, I'm that. I think it's a good idea for the NCAA to allow these individual workouts because the more time these coaches get to know kids, the better it is for everybody in the recruiting process. I think the NCAA has to be very mindful um, of the recruiting process and the ability of these these entities to get to know one another. Um, you know where I'm going with that is a transfer yeah. portal. Um, if you're going to have a transfer portal in place, I think you have to put things in place that enhance the ability for these relationships to actually grow. You know, Parker, we hear about this relationship thing, that how important it is, but I've had coaches over the last few months say that's so overblown. Like you, how much do you really get to know a kid um, on a few Zoom calls? You know, you hear it all the time. And I think it's something that people like to say, but the more things that are put in place 
for these people to actually get to know one another the better. So I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Interesting. It's really interesting. Um, it's an interesting picture in my head that they that that think about. There's a, there's a certain amount of pressure on a kid in that situation, which is good. This is high level football, um, but it's a chance to evaluate in person. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be a test of the organization and operational competency of everybody in the country too. Like I saw, no doubt. Uh, did you see Mark Pantoni, who's the, he's, he's uh, Ryan Day's chief of staff in charge of a lot at Ohio State. And he said um, they have 51 official visitors for at, uh, coming to Ohio State in the month of June. 51. In the month of June? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, yeah, like incredible. you said, that list could grow. Yeah. Yeah. Nebraska, probably, we know about, I think my list is 18 right now. I think probably you're looking at the 20 to 25 range all told uh, over the course of the month. And then obviously, you know, Nebraska likes to get guys in uh, during the season too. So uh, yeah, it's off, off and running uh, on Tuesday and it's going to be, uh, hey, be quite a while. You said something interesting and, and intelligent organizational competency. I mean, that's okay. It's, it's good. The floodgates are back open. Um, you can recruit now in person there's evaluation and there's on-campus visits, but how do you use it? I mean, how organized are you? Do you get the right kids in here? Um, is it, it is, there's a lot of organizational competency that become organizational competency becomes paramount at this time. Um, so yeah, let's, I mean, and it all comes out in the wash on autumn Saturdays, right? It does. How many times do you think Nebraska is going to win on autumn Saturdays this year? Simple. Because draft, a couple yeah, of yeah. a couple of sports books have come out the past week or so and put it right at six, not six and a half, not five and a half, right on six. Yeah, it's interesting that they're doing that. They're not putting halves on them. I think they I've talked to some people who seem to think they usually do. I, I mean, I, I would I always look at these things this way. I think you got to go to some extreme, like you're, you're putting your house on the line that cuts all the bullshit bull crap out. Excuse my language. And, it's all right. It it's, takes, a, it's a holiday weekend. You can drop yeah. one shit. That's fine. Now we've got <laughs> <Okay>. two. <laughs> so it takes all of that out. If you're putting your house on the line, then what are you doing? Well, I, I know what I'm doing with Nebraska. I'm, I'm taking over, but I don't feel, you know, all that confident if they would lose to Illinois it would be a very tense autumn, you know. Um, you're putting but, your house up, but you're not going to paint it in the meantime after you put your house up. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I'm not having Trixie buy a bunch of new furniture. <laughs> um, the <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But I, what I was interested in was the neighborhood Nebraska's in. I mean, when you start looking around at the, the other people in your neighborhood, it's interesting. You know, that who's got six? Besides Nebraska, who's at 5.5? Who's at 6.5? I mean, you're in the neighborhood with, you know, Virginia. Boston College is a little out of your neighborhood. Boston College is at 7. Mississippi State, they're in your neighborhood at 5.5. Baylor at 5.5 is in your neighborhood. Northwestern, 6.5 is in your neighborhood. Louisville's 6.5 is in your neighborhood. Wake Forest 
is in your neighborhood at 6.5. You know who's out of your neighborhood right now, Parker? Iowa State's far out of your neighborhood, 9.5. So it's interesting seeing, and you know, the ones that are 11 plus are way out of your neighborhood. They're in a richer neighborhood, Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and Oklahoma. You know, they're all, they're all 11 plus. I think Oklahoma's 11 plus. So, but by the way, the Badgers are nine point, Wisconsin's 9.5. So it's interesting. Those, it is interesting. Are interesting to me. Yeah. So when it comes to over-unders, you know, strength of schedule definitely plays a factor in that. Right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it's impacted with Nebraska by the fact that they play two playoff teams. But like, you know, we said Wisconsin's at 9.5. Wisconsin plays uh, Penn State, Nor- uh, Notre Dame, and Michigan among their first four games. Or Notre Dame, so, yeah. State, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Notre Dame and Michigan, I think, are the mm-hmm. three that are up yeah, before yeah. October second or whatever. So, you know, yeah, it's it's very interesting. I I I've really I've really gone back and forth on what I would do if I was asked with six as the over under. I put it to a poll on on my Twitter account earlier this week, uh, and I got fifty one percent over, eighteen and a half percent under, and thirty one percent right on six, and that. Might wow. be sort of a cop out to go right on six, but I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. It's it's like you say that we and we're going to talk a lot more about this through the summer and and obviously in August too. But um, and the first three are really important: Illinois, uh, Buffalo, Fordham, and Buffalo. I mean that. But the three, you know, you've got three that you you feel like you 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 should. I mean, if you're going to have a good year, that you should get. Um, over the first three weeks before you go to Norman. So, yeah, I mean, it comes down to, I don't think it's, I think we, there's a danger in belaboring this point, but in a way you almost have to mention it. Nebraska, if they're going to have the kind of season everybody wants, they got to win close games. Hmm. I mean, it just comes to me, the discussion largely becomes about that. I mean, can they do enough? to get over the top in, in games that you figure are going to be close. And there are, there's a lot of those. I mean, you know, the, for instance, like if you go to Wisconsin and win, you're probably not going to sprint away from Wisconsin. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, um, I mean, you figure Northwestern is a, probably a close game. It, it has been, it was last year. It has been of late. Right. Uh, but both games in the frost era have been really close. Um, the, if you, you know, if you would upset Oklahoma, you're not going to run away from them. Um, you figure, even if you, when you go to Michigan state, I don't know that if you beat them, it's not going to be by, it's probably not going to be by a a large margin. So that it kind of comes down to that for me, but I do think Nebraska has the personnel to be in that seven to eight to nine win range. Nine would take some a lot of luck, but, and this is, and this is really, we're echoing what Bill Moose has said, what Frost has said that they have that. I think they have that sort of personnel. Yeah. 11, one possession losses uh, for Nebraska. Hello. Um, Hello. 11, one (laughs) possession, 11, one possession losses during the Frost era. Yep. Really? Yeah. I think it's five. They're five and 11 in one score games. Is that right? Yeah. So, or what one, one mean, score games, not one possession games, or, or I guess that'd be about the same thing. 
Same thing. You can score yeah. once on a possession. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the off season. It's fine. It's fine. We don't have to be totally locked in. It's it's May 28th, 3.19 p.m. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's a distinction there, and I'm not coming up with one right now. I don't think there is. Um, <laughs> one possession, one score, yeah. If you need to get the ball back again, that means you need another score, which means you need another <laughs> possession, yeah. Um, the uh, Interestingly, of those 11, like like you just mentioned, three of three of the 11, one score losses are against Iowa. Say that again. Three of the 11 one score losses are against Iowa. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Six, six, three, and three, three, four, and six, something like that. The margins in the three games. Hey, the, the fan base, and I've talked to some of them today. They, the, they're looking for that, that game, for instance, for yep. Nebraska to break down that door. There's a lot of fans that are looking at this season as not a, like a make or break for Frost in terms of if they don't have a great year, he's fired. But they're in terms of confidence level and the way they evaluate the program, they're looking for a lot this year. That they, yeah. A lot of fans that I talk to anyway are. And I think as, as media, we're kind of in that mo- mode too. You know, let's yeah. see something now. It's, it's, it's it looks like they have some personnel, like I said, on defense, all those starters back. Looks like they're better at the skill position, skill positions, especially receiver. Let's see it. Yeah. It's so interesting, too, because now with that, um, with the Southeast Louisiana game off the schedule and Fordham, you know, up front, the last three, they play three games in November, the 6th, the 20th, and the 26th, Ohio State, at Wisconsin, and Iowa. So one way or the other, you're going to get through that uh, Purdue game on October 30th, you're nine games in, and you're either going to be sitting there going, hey, you know, you got a chance to – I know it's three teams you've really struggled with down the stretch, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, um, but you got a chance to maybe take a run at the division here. Or you're going to get through that Purdue game on October 30th, 30th and you say, what is this going to look like, you know, you be, now we got to find a way and it hasn't happened so far this year. You know, th- those are two Halloween's going to feel, I mean, it's going to either be the one way or it's going to be the other. There's probably not a lot of in between um, before you hit the home stretch there. Yeah, we got yeah. a long way to go until you get there though. Yeah. Part of this beauty of college football is it's unforgiving nature. And if you're, if you're scuffling into November, those teams will hit you like a sledgehammer. I mean, you, you better be ready for that. I mean, you better be mentally, emotionally, and physically ready for that run. Um, because if you're not, you'll get waylaid. Yep. We saw it. We Don't saw it in 2007. We saw it in 2017. Team wasn't ready at all. And it got, I mean, teams like Minnesota were putting a sledgehammer to them. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that, that all, there's plenty more to explore there as, as the weeks go on. You've been doing some exploring over around campus, haven't you? You've been. Are you doing like a? Are you doing like a daily check in, weekly, weekly check in? What? What's, you know, what's I put some. Like? I put some photo. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to. <laughs> I don't want to sound too like a haughty journalist, but I'm just trying to document through photos the demolition of Edware Stadium and then the startup of this 155 million uh, student training athletic facility. Um, I. Um, and it's sort of interesting for an older dude like me um, that's 
you know, grew accustomed to Ed Weir Stadium in my life. You know, I'd go over there and run. Um, and now it's, it's, if you go over there today, Parker, I bet you'd see it getting pretty much torn apart. Um, those photos I put on Twitter last night were actually from Sunday. I was having some kind of phone issue where I couldn't, couldn't, tr- couldn't put my photos to Twitter. The dam broke last night, I noticed. Um, and I could, I could do it again. So I put those up. I'll head over there this weekend to see what, what else is going on. Nice. I like that you're documenting through photos, the demolition of Edward stadium. <laughs> it's sort of interesting to me. I imagine pretty soon Parker, what's today, the 28th. Mm-hmm. What did Moose tell you that around the 1st of June, they'll move in the heavy machinery pretty soon into June. You know, I think so. Nebraska has got a couple of qualifiers for the NCAAs. So I'm guessing that they want those athletes to be able to, practice obviously out on the track yeah once they head to nationals i mean there you go so um yeah yeah, i would think that that'd be in in the next uh, couple weeks moose will be very excited when they start moving the front loaders and the back loaders and the cranes and the god he loves he loves him some front loaders and some cranes (laughs) the cement trucks will be whirring um it'll be quite a scene over there it'll be quite a scene it's interesting, you know, we got all this stuff going on in June, and this is a this is a good note to spend our last few minutes here on. I mean, the baseball team's going to be playing into June. Um, wrapped up the Big Ten Championship, obviously, last year, or last weekend, second year under Will Bolt. Um, beat Michigan 1-0, hot off the presses this afternoon. Dominant pitching performance today. Cade Povich, seven shutout, uh, four hits, nine strikeouts. Jake Buns had the eighth, and uh, Spencer Schwellenbach in the ninth took them all of nine pitches, I think, to dispatch uh, Michigan in the ninth. That's a pretty good recipe right there, Sipple, for getting 27 outs. Those three pitchers um, have all been have all been pretty good. Uh, just enough offense. The guy they were going against today for Michigan's widely seen as a, a relatively high draft pick. Um, they got one, you know, Schwellenbach and, and Roskam basically manufactured one run, and that was all they needed. So um, it's interesting because I watched it on – I watched some of it on TV today, and the intensity level was really high. I mean, it felt like a postseason game, even though like Nebraska's already got the league championship wrapped up. And that says, I mean, a couple of things to me. One, they obviously have their eye on postseason seeding. And two, it's just sort of the way this team is, I think. There's a, yeah, definitely. And there's other components. I mean, I think Michigan probably is, thinks in terms of if we could win two of three or sweep this series, then our chances to land an at-large bid um, remain alive. Um, so there's that. Plus the other part of this that's interesting to me is Big Ten baseball is not bad. I mean, it's gotten yeah. pretty good. Yep. Will Bolt talked about Will Bolt talked about that at length this week, and he said, you know, remember Parker? He was here in 2014 as an assistant coach. Um, but he says that the Big Ten is different. It's changed even since then, that what you see is much deeper pitching staffs. He said, like, for instance, the third starter, now this was startling to me, that the third starter at Purdue was pumping 96 miles an hour. I mean, that's their number three guy yeah. Um, yeah. At, at Purdue. And he says you're seeing that um, across the board. Pitching staffs are now – you know, seven, eight guys deep where they can run quality arms out there. So the Big Ten 
um, as a baseball conference has gotten better. So guess what I'm saying is you got to be ready. You know, you got, you got to be ready on a given weekend or, you know, you'll get buried. Yeah. And it's, I mean, with Nebraska, what it, what it looks like and, you know, we'll see what happens. You don't think anything crazy is going to happen, but the one weekend this year out of 44 big 10 games (laughs) that Nebraska wasn't ready and got swept at home by Rutgers happened to be the weekend leading up to the NCAA making this decision about hosting regionals, uh, yeah. which, you know, it is what it is. You got to perform. And that was, it was a bad time for a bad weekend for Nebraska, but um, you just wonder in a normal year and it's not, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter just simply is this is not a normal year, but in a normal year, a run like this late in the season, I mean, Nebraska's won nine in a row now. I think they're 10, they're 11 and one, maybe. Ten and They've won since, 10 of their last 11. Yeah, 10 of their last 11 um, since getting swept by Rutgers. You would think and there'd you know be what? more baseball after this weekend in Lincoln in a normal Yeah, season. you know what, Parker? Will Bolt said we didn't play that bad against Rutgers. Yeah. It wasn't like we didn't show up. He said two of those three games, we were right there. Yeah. Um, tip your cap to Rutgers. But, yeah, the thing you start wondering now about this team is how far can it go? I mean, this is – that's what everybody, it, you know, it's sort of an unknown because there's no conference game. There's no right. non-conference yeah. games, but they're pretty deep. They got a pretty deep pitching staff um, and they're, they're scrappy. They're not a great offensive team, but they're fat. They're, they're, they're fast and they're aggressive on the base pass. I'm not saying they're a blazing fast team, but 62 steals going into today was second in the big 10 they press the issue. Will is a, has a great offensive plan. I always felt that Will would get the offense going because he did under Erstat when he was here as an assistant. I think Will's strength is as an offensive coach and a recruiter, and I think you've already seen those two things. Yeah, it was interesting watching today. I mean, they ran themselves out of two outs the first time they had a threat in the game, uh, trying to stretch a single to a double. And yeah, then progressive. Then they got caught stealing, but then it's the only, I mean, it's how they got a run in the six too. you know, Schwellenbach. Um, I think he walked and then he took second on a, a ball in the dirt. It was, you know, it was stolen. It was stolen base, but he didn't take off till the ball hit the dirt. And then he uh, scored on a single, you know, shortstop was holding them on and Roskam singled through the hole at short. And, and, and that was the only run of the game. So it's uh, one of those things where it'll occasionally you'll, create a frustrating out, but it's the way they win, win games and score runs too. So yeah, yeah it's he says, game. yeah, Will says, don't be scared of getting thrown out. In fact, it's funny you you use that example because it's exactly what he said this week. He said, don't be afraid to get thrown out. Sometimes that'll happen, but in the end, we'll get the payback. We'll, we'll, we'll get paid for that aggression. There you go. Um, did you see, I think I sent it to you that the Spencer Schwellenbach, speaking of him, this would be a good way to wrap it up. Keith Law from The Athletic had him going number 24 overall in his uh, first mock draft. One round, first round. Wow. Yeah. Said that he's been hearing through sources that the Braves really like him and have been connected to him for a while. So something As a pitcher. As a pitcher. pitcher. Starting pitcher, yep. That's amazing. Now he throws up our 90s, um, but he hasn't – I don't know. He might have been a starting pitcher in high school. He hasn't done that here at Nebraska at all. Um, I thought of him as a position player, um, but man, I mean, talk about a guy who's probably got options. Yeah, he could probably make a he could probably make a run at the majors as an infielder. Yep. He uh, the Keith Law wrote 
Schwalmbach's a reliever and shortstop for the Huskers, who will be a pitcher in pro ball with the weapons and the delivery to make a move to a starter's role. And Atlanta's been linked to him for a while now. Going to be interesting to watch. All right, Parker, thanks for doing this. Hey, you bet. We're going to be, you know what? In fact, I'm gonna, you, you guys won't see this if you're watching this, but I'm going to see Sip in a little bit because we're gathering in the office to send off uh, Coach Powell into retirement. So congratulations to Ron on a great run, 33 years at the Journal Star. That means he was there before you, Sipple. Yeah, he was there just slightly before me. And we call him the coach because he has he knows a lot. And, but he does. I'm not being facetious. He, I mean, coach, we called him the coach because he knew so much. Yeah. Um, he knows everything. And he is. I mean, he's one of those sports writers who does know a lot. He knows a lot. There you go. Congrats to Coach Powell on uh, on retiring for the Husker Extra podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week to get into the recruiting bonanza that'll be June football, basketball. Uh, we'll get the latest on Sipple's documentation of the scene over at the uh, Edward track. Uh, so check HuskerExtra.com for all the latest. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.